It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with producer Austin O'Neill. We are live from the Racing Boy Studio here in lovely Kansas City, Missouri. Chilly day out today. Not, not too bad. But um, uh, still, um, winter is starting to set in. Are you ready for winter, Austin? No. Uh, I mean, we're one step closer to summer and spring, so I guess. <laughs> is that how you look at it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's no different than waking up the next, waking up you know, every day and knowing you're one day closer to to what your goals are. Do you like cold weather, Austin? First of all, are you much uh, into the cold weather or not? I mean, that's it. Ask me that in the middle of July. I love cold weather. Right. Ask me this in the middle of December. I, I don't hate, hate I don't cold weather. Mind it. Yeah. Um, I don't mind if it's if it's cold and windy and sunny or cloudy. It's I don't care for it. But if it's cold and there's snow on the ground, then it's okay, I guess. Um. But no, I mean it's just it's not not too bad. Well, I, I me personally, um, if I had my choice, I would be in warm weather year round. I can't stand the cold weather. You know, as you get older, you get colder. You know, I don't know if you know that or not. But when you when you get my age, you're going to be a lot colder than you are right now. <coughs> so. Um, I don't know. It, it, to me, I, I could really be honest with you. I could go to Florida, Arizona, New Mexico. I could go anywhere and I, I, I could be a snowbird. You know what a snowbird is, Austin? I don't. Snowbird is a person that leaves the cold weather and goes to where it's warm during the winter months. I think I could do that. Go for it. Uh, yeah, but what? You know, we got this daily podcast to do. I don't think it's going to work out that well. Um, hey, did you know today was uh, Sammy Swindell's birthday? Did you know that? I did not. It is. How old is Sammy today? Do we know? Let me ask. Let me ask the old phone. Sixty. How old is seven, Sammy eight? Swindell? 67. He was born in 1955, October 26, 1955. Oh, I was close. I said 67 or 68. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that uh, Sammy's still relevant in, in sprint car racing? I mean, do, do you feel like he's still... 67. We just said that, Kurt. Um, do, you, do you feel like... Um, do you feel like that he can still win a a, a a national race at his age now? Do you feel like it? Uh, yeah, I think he could. If everything falls in the right the right way, right? Yeah, I mean, if Sammy can put it on the front row, Sammy can drive drive you know just as good as, as anybody else you know right now and and win. But you know, you look at 
I believe it might have been two years ago now. Uh, you know, he ran Kevin's car for almost a whole year. Right. Um, and, you know, they went and ran, you know, like the one and only at Knoxville and then, you know, some outlaw shows. And um, they kind of more on the half mile 410 side. And Sammy was still competitive. I mean, he was making shows and, and running, you know, top 15, top 10. And, uh, you know, and it's he's not digressing or slowing down as fast as maybe somebody else might. I mean, he's he's slowing down, but right. Like he's still he's still really competitive. I I'd be interested to see you know, he runs um you know, some decent equipment still now, but uh you know, he ran the shop, I think he ran the shop house cart at Knoxville for the Nationals and uh, that's a good car. Um I think they're still it's still a new team and um still trying to get their Is that the their, 70 car? The 17 car. So, uh the Barry Hills own it. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, they, I mean, they got good equipment, and, and as they race more, they're going to get better. They've they've shown that on their 360 side, but um, he still ran really well with that car. I think he might have made it to like the C main or maybe the backside of the B main, and, and it was still was competitive. So um, situations fall right, and everything you know lines up for Sammy. I mean, he still can go out and win a race. Well, I, I I really believe that if he had quality equipment, it, it, I think the problem is with Sammy. It's like that 70 car that he was driving. I I don't know anything about that. Do you know anything about that car? Well, I mean it's it's a good car. I believe it's a it's an East Coast car. Um uh, car owners, I'm not sure what their name names are, but um I believe it's one out uh, All-Star races and, and ran really well um at Outlaw shows. So I mean it's a it's a good piece. Yeah. Well, I and we when we sit here and we rank drivers and we've talked about this before and, and let's just talk about it a little bit right now um who is the king steve kinzer the greatest sprint car driver of all time is that number one yeah without it that's yeah without a doubt on that yeah who would you it, it, it it's so hard to determine who comes after Steve, right? Because there's so many great drivers over the years. Who do you think is number two in your eyes? I don't know. I feel like if you get to, like, the 2000s, so anything after the 2000s is in its own group, and anything before the 2000s is in its, is in its own group, just with the way the innovation went and the way the sport changed that, uh, you know, back in the day it was really easy to go out there and, and you know, do what Steve did and, and you know, out equipping people, um, and that's that's tougher today. So I think you know they still had really tough tough competition back you know the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Um, you know that's that's kind of turned to where um, you know maybe ten cars out of the twenty four car field could win, and now you go to races today where twenty of the twenty four cars can win, or the whole field has a shot at winning. Right. Um, Much tougher. It, now. It's it's a lot tougher, and that's just you know way the equipment is is so equal. So. Um, you know, and Steve was dominant in, in both those periods. So, you know, I think if, if you're going to look at it, you know, Donnie's got to be up there and, and some of the guys that have had, you know, success here in, in the 2000s. But um, we can't forget about the guys that, you know, helped create the sport, you know, like the Wolfgangs and the Welds and the Oppermans and right. um, the Brad Doty's of the world and everybody that's, you know, back in the day that got it to this point. So, um, I mean, it, in my mind, if you're going to try and, you know, say who's the best, you, I would try and maybe split them up and, and 
you know, try and go that way with it. Would would you have Donnie Schatz as number two? Because of his his ten championships? Yeah, ten championships, uh eleven national wins. You know, he's about to be the all time winningest driver at the Knoxville Nationals. Um, just needs two more wins to do that. Uh, I think that's Donnie's, you know, very capable of, of doing that here um, within the next couple of years. Um, and, you know, by the time his career is over. Uh, yeah, and it just, you know, what he's done, you know, in his career. I mean, driving for himself and, and making a name for him. And also having, well, how long has he been with Tony? It's over. Gosh, I don't know how many years, years it's been. 15, yeah. 16 years, I yeah, think. Now. A long time. Yeah. So, and, and also having that, that you know, time as a, with a car owner like that, it's, and, and the accomplishments they've had, and, and with you know one team, that's that's pretty huge. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but w- once you get past Steve Kinzer and Donnie Schatz, it becomes a little more difficult to kind of narrow it down to who's the greatest driver after those two, isn't it? I mean, it, it, there's there's so much parity between Jan Opperman, Sammy Swindell, I mean, who else would be? Mark uh, Kinzer. Mark Kinzer, Brad Sweet. I mean, there's so many good drivers. It, it It's hard to narrow it down once you get past those first two guys, isn't it? It's very hard. And you add names in there like Lance DeWeese, um, you know, Fred Raymer, uh, Bobby Allen. Uh, you know, anybody that's won the Knoxville Nationals can, can go in that list. Um, and, yeah, then you start going to the West Coast or the East Coast or, you know, right here in the Midwest and – yeah, it's it's very tough, and you know, to if if somebody wanted to, you know, sit down all right and figure out, you know, who's the best, you'd have to spend countless hours and probably days, maybe research. weeks, on research stats and and every driver's accomplishment on on what they've done, and and you know, figure out a criteria on how we on how we determine, you know, who's the best or or what makes a driver great. Is it is it overall wins? Is it crown jewel wins? Is it is it amount of races you run or the amount of dr- uh, team owners you drive for? Whatever it, it, it you know, it's it's everybody's opinion on, on how you rank everybody. But um, yeah, that's just that's going to be a that's a lot of work and um, you know effort to figure out you know a, a good you know top ten list. You know, Chris, he just chimed in. He says you got to love the dude, but I think the dude is. I don't know where you would rank Danny the Dude Lasowski, but I, I would think that he's the greatest Knoxville driver. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, for sure. Then you like then now you go down to uh, you know, regions or tracks and, and who's right. the best at, you know, Knoxville or out on the east coast or the west coast and you know, we all can agree that. Um, you know, I think, you know, Danny's stats at Knoxville is is remarkable and and i think he can be arguably the the best driver at knoxville but um you know then you gotta look at you know skinzer and and wolfgang and then you know look at brown now brown's right you know i believe second on the all-time win list so yeah there's just there's a lot of loop you know little you know rabbit holes you can start going down and and paths that you know are just never ending jason myers would be one uh, another one of those guys wouldn't he you got to consider him. Yeah, I mean, Jason. In his day, he was really Yeah, dominant. I mean, he won, he won an Outlaw Championship. So, right. um, you know, now you look at Outlaw Champions and Series Champions, and, um, you know, everybody wants to be, you know, you know, beat the Outlaws or race with the Outlaws. And, 
Um, and that's that's what makes drivers' careers. So, I mean, if you're an outlaw champion, you've got to be, you know, high on the list. Yeah. Um, when when we we're kind of uh, I don't know if we're if we're homers when we say this, but where would you rank the Weld brothers when it comes to some of the great drivers? You know, Kenny, Greg. I mean, Greg made the, he made the Indianapolis Five Hundred. Where would you rank the the Weld brothers out of out of some of the all time greats? And, and and again, we're a little bit of a homer because they're they're local here, right? Yeah, they're local, and they're still um, their legacy and their name is still a part of of racing today. And they support you know all types of racing and all all levels of teams. And uh, you know, I'm very fortunate to to be a part of you know the Weld legacy and. And have had you know Weld Racing as a partner on our team for the past two years now, and and you know rolling into a third year, and, and it's, it's it it was such an honor to one you know walk into their facility, um, and know you, where you're at, and you know be a part and associate your name with with the Welds and what they've done, and I think, they would at least be in the top fifty. Um, you know they've won countless national opens, Knoxville national wins, um, you know. Greg was really good in USAC, you know, made the 500 a couple times and, and, you know, Kenny's innovation, you know, in his later days and, um, you know, what his career was like right before, you know, he unfortunately, you know, had his, called his career short when, well, when he went to, to jail. Right. Um, man, you know, I, I just looked it up. It's hard to believe, and I know you never met Greg, that he was really, he was really good to the racing boys. It's hard to believe that he passed away August 4th, 2008. That's a long time ago, man. I It, it, it just kind of blows me away. Um, Tammy said Kenny was a mechanical genius, maybe one of the best ever. And he, he was the first guy to develop a CNC uh, head machine, right? Yep, he was one of the first to do that. And then um, I believe during maybe his first, um, sentence um, in jail he designed he designed the CNC machine and then he also designed a radical sprint car uh, chassis that was off the wall I mean front end design was, was wild the headers were um, instead of dumping you know out the back of the car out in front of or behind the front axle and, and up you know up in the air to kind of help I guess create downforce on the front of the car on the car overall and it was Kenny had had a great mind and um, I would be really interested to see, you know, if if Kenny was put at a different era and see what he would be like, you know, oh. in present day. Listen, if if he was alive today, he'd be one of the greatest minds in all of motorsports. Wouldn't you agree with that? One of the greatest. One of the greatest. Um. Shots is a great Dave Tyson. He chimes in. He said, "Shots is a great wing driver, but I watched him try and drive a non-wing sprint car. Though he was going to crash bad, wasn't smooth nor fast. Have you? Did you ever see Donnie Shots drive a non-wing car? I've seen Donnie run a midget only on short tracks like you know Chili, Chili Bowl, Bowl and right. and the short track at Indy. Um, yeah, anytime you spend." the amount of years Donnie did in a wing car and trying to run a non-wing car, you're, you're 
almost setting yourself up for disaster. For failure. Uh, pretty really? much. Yeah. This failure ain't disaster because right. you'll probably hang it up in the fence. Right. Um, yeah, it's the drivers that can jump back and forth and be really successful are just incredible drivers. And, and I, you know, going back to the list would be probably higher on the list. It's the way you get to drive, the cars drive totally opposite. And the way you have to get yourself to think and, and physically drive those cars is, is tough. And, and you're trying to, you're trying to force yourself to do wing car things um, or not break your wing car habits, you know, for to run a non-wing car, then you go run a non-wing car for a while, and now you have, you know, non-wing car habits, and you can't do that in a wing car because, well, it'll probably, like I said, hang it up in the fence, right. and if you do the same thing in a non-wing car, you'll have the same result. So, yeah, the drivers that can break habits really fast and be, um, you know, very versatile are are just guys you, you just sit there and study and and are in awe and when, when they succeed in both sports. Yeah. Tammy chimes in. She says, uh, Kenny also changed the way the Northeast big block modifieds, uh, with his weld chassis. That, that, that was a blue car, right? Yeah. Gary drove it. That was the, uh, Batmobile, which I believe was like the number one twelve car. Or Orgasmic Tron. Did have, did you ever see that on there where it had that written on there? The old, oh, they had that written on the car somewhere on the car. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, th those were some shady days back in those days, too, by the way. It's what you had to do to, to make it up and down, you know, the road racing. It's it was, it's it's what built, you know, what those two did. And, and they aren't the only two, only two that, that had a lifestyle like that. I mean, that's what, um, it's what you know, started NASCAR, and, and it's what shaped, um, you know, racing for a while. And it's... Uh, it's definitely a part of history that you know we won't forget, and and that everybody you know wants to listen to stories. And you know Gary Blue did a really good job on on Dell Junior's podcast maybe a year year and a half ago, uh, telling stories about when him and Kenny were racing big block uh, big block modifieds and and what what they did to go to the races and, and what it took um, and the sacrifices that they had to make to to carry out you know their their passion and their dream and and what also kind of paid their bills. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, that's an interesting discussion right there. Um, uh, I, I want to uh, get a, a, a little quick word in here about NASCAR and Flow Racing deepen their commitment to grassroots racing. Did you see this this story come up, Austin? Yeah, Dell Jr. mentioned on his show yesterday that he is uh, going to take a take a part in this event you're going to tell us about. Is he going to be part promoter or is he? Nope, he's driver. He's just going to race in it. And this is the uh, Charlie Powell Memorial uh, South Carolina 400 at Florence Motor Speedway, and that's going to happen on November 18th and 19th. Um, they're adding an extra $30,000 to the purse. That's a pretty good commitment from Flow Racing, isn't it? I'm pretty sure what I heard from Junior mentioned in his show yesterday that the profits that Flow Racing has made off of NASCAR grassroots racing is being reinvested back into the grassroots series. Um, and we're seeing that now with that payout. But I believe it's going to be um, facility upgrades, pay, and and things to better, you know, the NASCAR grassroots and, and the NASCAR, you know, weekly series, you know, on the pavement side. Yeah, no doubt. Well, it's going to be interesting. Um, hey, did you hear that uh, Tony Stewart was supposed to be the Grand Marshal down there at Homestead? 
and at the last minute decided not to do it. Did you hear that? I did not. Yeah. Um, Tony Stewart was supposed to be the Grand Marshal down there, but for some reason or another, and maybe it's because he's just ticked off at NASCAR right now. I don't know. But he decided not to be the 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 Grand Marshal. And they had somebody else come in there and become the Grand Marshal. I can't think who it is now. Um, but anyway, long story short, you think it, it, you think, I know we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but do you think that Tony Stewart is about ready to get out of NASCAR? Do you think he's close to it or not? Or is there I just too if, much money over if there? If NASCAR keeps doing NASCAR things and, and Tony not agreeing with, with what they're doing, um, and it's, you know, wrong, you know, in his eyes, wrongful to Stuart Haas Racing. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe see him, see him leave the sport of NASCAR. Um, is that how, how reasonable or, or possible is that? Not sure. Um, can it happen? It can very much so. And um, will it? We don't know. And I, I guess you know, time will kind of tell on on what Tony's opinion on the sport is. Do you think that he can make as much money in NHRA as he does over on the NASCAR side of things? I'm not sure I, that they can draw the same amount of money over there on NHRA, NHRA side of things. Do you? I don't know. I don't know what what their pay is like for races or, you know, what it takes to run the team and, and the dollars that they're bringing in from sponsors. So, I don't. without doing more research on it, I don't know. Um, I've always heard that, you know, drag racing isn't um isn't the big, biggest money maker right but that that's that's could have that's that you know probably could have changed since you know everything everything's starting to pay more ever since you know 2020 across the whole board of, of racing maybe that's why joe gibbs got out of it there wasn't enough money over there possibly have, yeah might have been i All mean right. you'll never make money racing but you can limit how much money you lose right no doubt losing money is not a good thing Nobody wants to do that. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Steve Post is going to join us. He's from Wing Nation and MRN. He's one of the best. He joins us each and every Wednesday here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be back with more. Steve Post joins us next right here on Mostly Motorsports. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. 
by adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission. It cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties, contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix. It works. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's most played getaway, Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. Pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil. It works. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with producer Austin O'Neill. Joining us now, as he does each and every Wednesday, is the Postman. Steve Post joins us now. Steve, how are you doing, brother? I am fantastic, Scott. Hope you are well. Everything good in Kansas City? Is it out there? Oh, you know, it's a it's a little chilly, you know. Is it getting is it getting chilly back there in your area in the seven oh four? Yeah, we had a really cold yeah, we had a cold snap last week. Very cold. Now it's just kind of seasonal, um, you know, um sixties, seventies. We got real overcast today. It was supposed to burn off, but it hasn't yet as far as the fog goes. Uh forty five fifty at night. So uh we're 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 getting there, that's for sure. And you know, a lot of a lot of racing going on here with uh with with Millbridge having some shows and world finals and a lot of late model racing on the asphalt side. So 
still a lot of racing, but a lot of those shows move into afternoon times and earlier starts this time of year. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I know that Melbridge is tonight. Um, tell us what's going on over there at Melbridge tonight. It's micro racing, right? Yeah, 600 micro racing. It's Champions Night. Uh, a kid named Brent Cruz is going to lock up the championship. This kid's uh, one of those one of those uh, superstars in the making as well, and he is he's running all kinds of cars and everything like that. So they're going to wrap up the championship. But it's going to be interesting to see um, who shows up and how many cars they have because uh, Monday and Tuesday is uh, the Carolina Micro Showdown, and next Tuesday night they're play uh, they're they're paying ten thousand to win there at Millbridge. They always kind of do that leading into the world finals. And so um, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get a few invaders into town uh, to kind of snoop around and check out the racetrack and see what we're doing. I know Cole DeWeese is coming down. Lance's son, he's been down the last couple of weeks. They've been gearing up for next week's big race. And, um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see. But uh, big, big, big night. Uh, seems weird. Regular season uh, regular season wrapping up. We, we wrapped up the kids last night. Uh, with the uh, with the box stock divisions and uh, junior wing cars, and we wrap up the uh, micros and the um, and the outlaw carts tonight. So uh, uh, going to be a going to be a good night if uh, if you're out there and about looking forward. It'll, it'll be on Dirt Vision and uh, looking forward to, uh, looking forward to being on the call for that one as well. Let me ask you this, Steve, and you've seen him race enough. How's Braxton Bush? Is he a, is he going to be a chip off the old block? You think? I think what I see with him, and he's very young, obviously. Right. Uh, he's very young, and he's in good equipment. So you know, though, and 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 I and I have no issues with either one of those. If if I had the wherewithal to put my child wherever they wanted to be, I would right. do it. So I'm not that. That's that's not a negative. That's just a factual statement. What I really am impressed with is he seems to have a pretty good level racing head on his shoulders. Uh, we've had uh, we had we had a night uh, about a month month and a half ago where he's leading the race and got shuffled out and went back to third and was stuck on the outside and he just grounded away on the outside and coming out of turn number four the guy down low bobbled a little bit and Braxton got the win by half a car length I I sense that he's he's got some really good patience to him racing patience to him you know and 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 those type things uh we don't see uh we don't see and and one of the things I've, I've talked to Kyle somewhat about his about Braxton uh he seems to he, he seems to also not make the same mistake multiple times, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's eight years old, seven years old, eight years old, but, uh, but he seems to have a pretty good skill set. but, but we've got three or four of them up here that go. I mean, Brexton finished third in the point standings, uh, in, in, in the beginner box stock division. Now they did miss a race, but uh, there's a couple of them that are really, really good there. But, but I, I think the kid's got some talent at this early stage, what we can, what we can glean of it. Uh, out of the guys that you see that race there at Millbridge, who do you think is the next star? Is there one driver that stands out above the rest that you think is going to make it in the world of racing? Yeah, yeah, and I, and I mentioned talking about the micros. Kid named Brent Cruz from uh, from over here in Mooresville. Um, this kid is this kid has just got incredible talent. So he's he's got a really really good skill set, uh, and he's running some asphalt cars now. He's uh, he's running some full body cars, running some three sixty sprint cars. He's ran with USCS a little bit, ran some midget cars. They they've got him running a little bit of everything. So he's got the talent set, but he's also got the attention of some of the right people. He is uh, in the Kevin Harvick uh, management program. Um, I've actually talked to Kevin about him, and Kevin. 
Kevin has just been most impressed with him. They've even had him in Trans Am cars, running running road courses on asphalt, full-size cars. Uh, 16, 17 years old, I think is where he's at, 15 maybe. And, um, you know, the kid just the, the kid just has ice water running through his veins. Uh, he just is, he's, he's on, on, on flappable, very, very analytical, very, very smart, very aggressive when he needs to be aggressive. I mean, nobody bangs the boards at no bridge any better than he does. And so, um, you know, I just think that uh, if, if I'm picking a name right now, Brent Cruz is the one that I'm going to keep my eye on. And, and I think it's, I think it's sooner. I think it's, I think it's uh, two, three, four years uh, is what we're looking at with him. We've got so many young talents, seven, eight, nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds. Tough to say with that group because there's so many of them. But I think of the of, of the next wave, I think Brent Cruz is the one that I'm keeping my eye on. Do you think we'll see him at the Chili Bowl this year? Yeah, I'm I'm fairly confident you'll see him at the Chili Bowl this year. He's been dabbling in some in some midget racing. He's ran some power eye midget racing. I think he might have won a power eye midget race or two along the way. And I do think that uh, I think uh, you know Tulsa Shootout Chili Bowl will all be on Brent's uh, dance card as far as the uh, the winter months go. Yeah, we're visiting with Steve Post. His appearance is brought to you by Sage Fruit. We want to thank those guys for allowing Steve to come over here and be a part of it. Uh, he's also the host of Wing Nation and the lead pit reporter for MRN. Um, Steve, this weekend we got sheet metal over at the dirt track at Charlotte. There's going to be a lot of sheet metal over there this weekend. Um, kind of break that down for us a little bit, if you can. Yeah, it's the World Short Track Championships, and this this is – Eight divisions, nine divisions, ten divisions. It's 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 everything from the from the uh, dirt car modifieds, the the IMCA, UMP style modifieds, to some six hundred two late models, and everything down to four cylinder stock cars. Mm. And they will roll. I don't know a couple hundred cars in there, and they'll they'll race until their hearts content. And it's it's a fun event. From a fan's perspective, it's a long, long time. But from a racer's perspective, they all love it. They they come out there and they get a chance to race on the big stage at Charlotte Motor Speedway, whether it's your, your four-cylinder mini stock, uh, your Thunder Bomber, you know, your your 602 crate late model, you know, your your your, your modified car. And, uh, you know, basically basically what happens here is anything dirt track is right. between, between now and next Saturday – if there's a dirt track car, it races at um, Charlotte Motor Speedway at the dirt track. Next week, it's the super late models, it's the the, the, the four ton sprint cars, and the big block modifieds from the Northeast. This weekend, it's basically everybody else that gets a chance to uh, gets a chance to run at the dirt track, and uh, it's a it's a fun event. Um, a lot of pride in getting the wins there. Um, long days at the racetrack, but a lot of fun. Really, really neat event. That the World Racing Group does this in conjunction with Charlotte Motor Speedway, and uh, it's uh, seventh year, so it's 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 obviously rolling along well. And uh, they just there will be cars. I um I, I walked in there last year, and you you kind of enter the way Charlotte lays out. You enter way down by the drag strip, and you look, and there's four cylinder cars being being towed in on rickety old trailers taking tires off from street vehicles to put on race cars and uh, all the way to, to, to full-blown stacker 602 late models and modifieds and everything in between. Uh, it's a it's a really neat, eclectic, fun, fun time at Charlotte at the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And you can follow the you know, World Short Track uh, Championship on Dirt Vision as well. They'll be airing all those classes in it. 
It's going to be a marathon. Just so sit tight and and just watch it all because it's going to be a long day of racing when it comes to uh, the sheet metal down there at the dirt track at Charlotte right now. You know, uh, Steve, let me, uh, I, I want to step back into a conversation that uh, that Austin and I had at the open of the show, and I don't know if you had a chance to listen, but, you know, we were talking about the greatest sprint car drivers of all time, and I know this it, it's a tough one to, to – to, digest really um but everybody knows that the king steve kinzer is the man and donnie shots is probably the second guy but when you when you get after those two guys it's really hard to narrow it down who is the third fourth or fifth best driver in sprint car racing isn't it yeah it really is because it, because the sprint car world is is and, and this is the beauty of the sprint car world is that guys have figured out how to make a career in sprint car racing so many ways. Right. You know, I mean, you have you have a guy uh, like Fred Raymer, Lance DeWeese, they've pretty much stayed in Pennsylvania and just put up astronomical numbers. Big numbers. They're racing and, and Lance continues to add to those astronomical numbers there. You know, and you look at you look at some of the California racers like a Brent Kading. You know, and and how they've on the tiny bull rings in California, and then the Midwest guys. I mean, I heard you guys mention Danny the Dude Lasoski and all of his success there at um, at Knoxville and, and and even throughout the region, and some of the great racers that you know, like 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 when you look at Terry McCarl, when you when you combine Knoxville and Houston's, you know, really really good. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to agree with you. I've I've looked at this thing, I've looked at this thing as the Mount Rushmore, the four. And the four that I have on Mount Rushmore, uh, Steve, Donnie, Doug Wolfgang, and Sammy Swindell. Uh, but I, but I think, uh, and, and I think Steve and Donnie certainly there. I, I think we're getting close to some debate on the other two. Um, Brad Sweet has got an incomplete grade, but if he keeps doing what he's doing, then I think we need to look at him. Um, how does one of those regional drivers like a Lance Deweese? add up uh you know to how do how do they stack in and 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 then and i even like the discussion you know uh did they run just wing cars or did they run non-wing cars or or this one made it to the indy 500 you know it's it's there's no real way to put boundaries on it which is the beauty of sprint car racing there's no way to put boundaries on it and which was why we love it which is why we love the world of outlaws you know, one week they're one week they're on a big half mile in central Pennsylvania, and three weeks three weeks prior to that they're cowboyed up out on a bull ring in California, hanging on and trying to catch. They're trying to hold their breath for for three lap qualifying runs, and I just think that I think that's the beauty of sprint car racing. But it makes it really really difficult. Uh, I think I think one and two we 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 can be pretty comfortable with with one and two at least being on that list. Um, then after that, I think. Uh, and, and I think five years ago, or four or five years ago, I think you probably could say, you know, Doug and Sammy were there. But I, but I just think there's some guys that are there's some guys that are they're, they're at least giving you an argument on, on on those two as far as if if, if you're doing a Mount Rushmore, a top four. Yeah, what you think about Lance picking up his uh, fifth national open at Williams Grove last week? You know, I, I've it boggles my mind because Scott, here's here's the thing. I mean, and with the exception of that one restart where Brent got the Brent Marks got the best of them and it got called back with a red flag, mm-hmm. that was an ass whooping. I really mean, was. from the first lap of practice to qualify, and they got the they got the right draw with the with 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 the dash, and that's fine. You know, 
but I mean, but here's the thing that just boggles my mind about this. And, and, and when we look at wing sprint car racing this year, we have raved about, you know, what Brett Marks has done, you know, how him and, uh, and, and his crew guys have gone and they went out to Eldora and won both of the Kings Royals. They picked up a win at Knoxville and what they've done. And, and these are all young, a trio of young guys out there doing it. When you look at Lance DeWeese, You've got Lance, who's 57. Right. You've got Donnie Kreitz, the team owner, is somewhere in the mid-60s. And you've got Davey Brown, his lead mechanic, who is 83 or 84 years old. Scott, they're all enshrined in the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame there in Knoxville. And not just enshrined this year, it's been years. And these Hall of Famers just absolutely took it to the best the world of outlaws had to offer and the best the Pennsylvania Posse had to offer. And, oh, by the way, that's their third World of Outlaw win this year at Williams Grove. So they have got that car dialed in so well. And I, I, there just comes a point where you, you, you just – we're going to 20 years. I was talking about this on Wing Nation. 20 years, whatever the kid's name is. Maybe the kid's name is Owen Larson. You know, and we, we don't know what – maybe the kid's name is Brent Cruz. Right. We don't know what that kid's name is. Bunch of us old folks are going to sit around, and we're going to say, "Yeah, that kid is good." But but what's he going to be like when he's in his late fifties and early sixties? Because what Lance Deweese and Donald Kreitz and Davy Brown did was pretty special. We are seeing, we are witnessing something that I just don't know that we would ever see again. We've never seen it previously. Guys that are all Hall of Famers just absolutely taking it to the world of outlaws like they have this year and like they did on the big stage, $75,000 to win. I know it's not Knoxville, and I know it's not Eldora, but it's in that category, and they absolutely brought it. You know, Lance Lance Deweese and that group, man, I'll tell you what, it's just it's so impressive what that team does. And, uh, you know, and, and 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 I don't, you know, everyone's like, well, they just hone in on one track. So what? Yeah. If you're going to hone in on one track, now Williams Grove is a pretty good track to hone in on. No doubt. You know, I mean, yeah. and if you're and if you're 57, 65, and 84 years old, I don't know necessarily you're setting up to run a full World of Outlaw tour anyhow. But I'm telling you, when they come to their home ground, you're sitting back saying, "Man, we got it handed to us on Saturday night," and they did by a bunch yeah. of by by a bunch of uh, the Hall of Famers, and 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 all of them are qualified for AARP as well. Yeah, no doubt. And do you feel because Lance said this uh, when Brent got around him right there uh, that one time, and the yellow come out, he was afraid that he wasn't going to be able to get back past Marks. Do you feel like? If, if that yellow doesn't come out, that Brent Marks ends up winning the Open? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Lance had a bad restart, and Lance also had a uh, part of his wing. The one of the wing uh, one of the wing brackets was broken on the car, so right. the car wasn't handling the way he wanted it to. And I firmly believe because here's the other thing. Okay, I I just went off. I just went off three or four minutes about Lance Deweese. Okay, Lance told us yesterday on Wing Nation that he believes the fastest and best sprint car driver in the country is Brent Marks. So there wasn't a big margin between these two. You know, it was a race to the front. And Lance had the front, and he gave it up. I think Brett Marks gets the lead, and I think it's over as well in the other direction. And I think that's, I think that's, that's how good both of those cars were. I don't think Lance gets around Brett. Because you can, you can, at Williams Grove, as tricky as that place is, you can manipulate 
the air, manipulate the lines. You can manipulate. You can make it really difficult on the guy behind you at the plate. And and Brent Marks and and Lance Deweese are both capable enough drivers to do that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, I noticed uh, on uh, Twitter today. You said crazy times in the asphalt short track world right now. What what were you talking about there, Steve? Well, there's a lot going on, okay? And and you actually you actually mentioned one piece of it. Uh, uh, one piece of it is uh, what is going on with Flow Racing down at Florence Motor Speedway is simply spectacular. Florence Motor Speedway is a little three-eighths mile, four-tenths of a mile asphalt track sitting down in the PD region, not far from Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. Three years ago, it was out of business. It was done. A guy by the name of Steve Zacharias was promoting down at Myrtle Beach Speedway. Now, Myrtle Beach is an area that development finally took over the racetrack. Ironically, the racetrack is still sitting there because the development fell through, but the racetrack was sold. Mm. Steve Zacharias, there's a guy named Charlie Powell who owned Florence Motor Speedway. Charlie was one of those old school promoters that just, just got tired of it, didn't want to do it anymore, and put a padlock on it. Uh, he took a liking to Steve Zacharias, uh, for a promoter over at, Mer- at Myrtle Beach. And when Myrtle Beach, when word got out that it was going around, Steve looked around, talked to Charlie Powell, and Charlie made him a sweet deal on Florence Motor Speedway. And so three years ago, Steve Zacharias opened up a shuttered-down racetrack. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about racetrack revivals and what right. we did at North Wilkesboro and what's going to happen at Pennsboro and what's going to happen here. Well, on a smaller scale, Florence Motor Speedway is a racetrack revival. And I know Steve pretty well. Our families go back a long way. His family raced up in upstate New York, so I know him well. And Steve is one of these hands-on guys. You know, you'll go there, and you'll go there two weeks later, and there's three more rows of bleachers put in. And there's a little bit of paint on the wall, and he's just scratching and clawing for everything he's worked at his racetrack. And he's making it work. The, the flow addition this year has been a good addition. He had a pretty good year this year. But then when you look at what's going to happen there on the 18th and 19th, with flow coming in and adding $30,000 to his purse, Dale Jr. coming there and racing on the track, one of the tracks that Dale Earnhardt Jr. raced at as a late model stock driver, this is just spectacular for a, a, a little NASCAR weekly racing series track in South Carolina. I don't know if it's survival or not. I don't get into Steve Zacharias's business. It's none right. of my business where he's at as far as the, the line between red and black. But I am telling you, if, if he, he's near that line between red and black, I'm fairly confident of that. He is going to end the season with a big one. That is for sure. And so there's one aspect of what's going on in asphalt racing. Asphalt late model stock racing right now is a, is a growing, burgeoning portion of it. We had the big Martinsville race that was good. We had Peyton Sellers uh, and, and, and Lane Riggs with a national championship battle with NASCAR. There's all kinds of rumors. There's a tour down here called the Cars Tour, which is a great regional tour of late model stock racing. A lot of speculation that Dale Earnhardt Jr. might be uh, – getting involved there in an ownership role. And again, that's all speculation at this point. Okay. That's the late model stock division, the super late model division, the, the, the offset super late model division. What's going on there is this Scott, this has been chaos for years. This has been a matter of, there's been about five people that have ran these style of races and they couldn't agree on the weather condition if they were all looking at the same weather app. 
Okay, they, they well, if you, if you say it's blue sky and sunny, I'm telling you it's great. Well, somehow Bob Sargent has been able to put an alliance together so that super late model racing, the, 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 the two cars, the lightweight super late model cars, are going to have what looks like a very, very solid national tour. They're announcing a lot of the details Friday at Nashville at the All-American 400, and they've already announced that one of the races is going to be at North Wilkesboro, which that, that's part of it as well. But the super late model world seems to be getting their poop in a pile, if you will, hmm. and going to have going to have a a solid level platform of rules, some 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 money behind it, some point fund to it, so that these super late model drivers can go out and race around the country. The Bubba Pollards of the world can go out and race around the country and do what the Brad Sweets of the world and and what the Jonathan Davenports of the world have been doing for years and years. Yeah. And that's been the thing on the asphalt side. You don't have. Yeah, like a dirt late model tour or or multiple tours or or World of Outlaw Sprint Car Tour. So really, really good stuff there. Part of the North Wilkesboro announcement yesterday was that the the CRA, which is this this unified super late model tour, they're going to run Tuesday night of All Star Week at at North Wilkesboro. The Cars Tour is going to run Wednesday night at North Wilkesboro. So short track racing is going to get another boost in the arm on the national stage those two nights. There's just a lot of good going on, you know, Scott. I've, I've, I've marveled at how well the dirt track side of this thing has gone. You know what I mean? And in the super late model world, you and I have talked about this. This super late model world is insane right now on the dirt side. Yeah, okay? no Sprint car world is fantastic on the dirt side. I know there's a little squabble in between whatever Brad and Kyle got going on in the world of outlaws, but we're still so good. And it's good to see finally a couple of good things happening on the asphalt side where they're starting to get their act together. And it looks like some of these some of these asphalt drivers, whether they're late model stock drivers or they're super late model drivers on asphalt, are, are, are going to be are, are, are going to be looking and, and not having not not having a lot of jealousy in what the dirt track side has. So so much good happening on that side of the sport. It's 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 really, really neat to see. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, I want to switch it over here to a little bit of cup racing. Does Christopher Bell got to win this weekend to to get in? Yeah, yeah, Christopher Bell does. He has to win on has to win. And and the last time we were in this situation, he did. Yeah, no, at the Roval. But there, there's so much uncertainty going into Martinsville, and uh, we just we, we we had our pre Martinsville meeting yesterday here at MRN. What are we going to talk about? What are the storylines? And, and and my take on it is is we know nothing now, okay? Mm-hmm. Saturday they have practice and qualifying. We'll start to get a little glimpse on it because they had a big test session up there. They've got a little different gear ratio. they got a little different left side tire. Temperature's going to be mid-60s on Sunday afternoon when the race plays out, so maybe we'll put some rubber down on the racetrack. Remember, the spring race up at Martinsville was not good. Not a good race at all. Yeah. And this next-gen race car, boy, it's been good on the intermediates, and it's been this, and it's been that, and it's been a struggle on the short tracks. And here we are staring Martinsville right in the face. So, to me, um, Christopher Bell um, needs needs to win this race to uh, to, to, to move on to, to Phoenix. I, now, I honestly think if Christopher Bell moves on to Phoenix, he's one of the guys you're going to keep an eye on because I think he's going to be that good out there. But he just has way too much – distance to make up he's got to make up 33 points 
and yes, it's possible mathematically, but he's got a lot of work to do. And to me, uh, because the problem of it is, is you got Ross Chastain, Chase Elliott, William Byron. You've got to assume they're going to be racing and getting stage points. Denny Hamlin's going to be racing and getting stage points. So you've got a lot of distance to make up on a lot of really good race cars. I think Christopher Bell, I, I even think maybe Ryan Blaney, who's 18 out, probably needs to look at winning to get in as well. Uh, Bell and then Briscoe's 44 points out. I think I think Steve Bell and those guys need to win this race on Sunday. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Steve, man, we always appreciate you joining us on Wednesdays here, and we can't thank you enough for doing so. And it's all brought to you by Sage Fruit. Again, we want to thank uh, Chuck and everybody over there uh, for allowing Steve to come over here and be a part of our show each and every Wednesday. Um, so you're going to Mel Melbridge tonight, and and that's uh, that's the plans, right? Yeah, Melbridge tonight. Martinsville has the NASCAR Wheel and Modified finale tomorrow night. Okay, uh -huh. Motor Racing Network's going to have it. It's also going to be on Flow. So the NASCAR Modifieds uh, from up in the Northeast, the 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 the, the lineage of Richie Evans, uh, they're going to be running, and they've got four drivers within I think it's thirteen or sixteen points of each other for a championship battle on Thursday night. Martinsville Saturday, Martinsville Sunday, Millbridge Monday, Millbridge Tuesday, <laughs> World Finals next Wednesday, and then off to Phoenix for championship weekend for nascar so it's a busy time around here scott busy time i'm getting i'm getting some racing in yeah no doubt about it and i, I believe that all starts tomorrow with a, a wheel and modified tour at martinsville at 5 p.m on flow that will be tomorrow um on flow racing and man they do such a great job over there we can't thank them enough for being a part of our sport Steve, thanks so much. No doubt, and that, that modified field is stacked up. I mean, it's like you've got Corey LaJoy, you've got Bobby Labonte racing in it, you've got uh, Ryan Newman is racing in the race. Uh, I'm, I'm having total brain fade here. Matt Hirschman, who is not a NASCAR driver, an outlaw driver that just goes and cashes big checks, is there, plus this point battle, this modified race. This mo I was looking through it, and every time I turned the page on the entry list, I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's racing. Oh, my gosh, this is going to be great. We are in for a real treat with that modified race tomorrow night as well. Yep, can't wait to watch it. All right, Steve, thanks so much for joining us, man. I really appreciate you, brother. You got it, Scott. Talk to you soon. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. There's Steve Post. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show in a moment. Stay tuned. Mostly Motorsports is brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. 
by adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission. It cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties, contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix. It works. So here at Specialty Sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's must play getaway. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. Pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. All the things we talk about during the commercial break. Hey, listen, everybody. I don't know if you've heard, but they've got a brand new 2023 Z06 Corvette. It's a Z07 performance package up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. It's a, they're going to raffle that thing off on August 19th, 2023. Plus, they're going to give you $25,000 in cash. Now, folks, this is as close to a real race car as you can get, right? It's 700 Think about this. When I was growing up, cars made 425 horsepower. This car makes 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. It's an 8-speed automatic. This is a just as close to a real race car as you can get, folks. It's got all the 
the red brake calipers on it. It's got everything that you need. And if you don't want the car, they're going to give you $75,000 in cash if you'd like to do that. If you'd, if you'd rather take the cash. But that's not what I would do. I'd take the car and the $25,000, and I'd sell the car for $100,000. That's what the car is worth. It's worth $100,000. And if you want, they've got a promotional code that you can use. It's PROMO20 to get 20% more tickets. If you want to get 20% more tickets, when you go online and you go to winaz06corvette.com, that's winaz06corvette.com, if if you use the promo code PROMO20, you'll get an extra 20% more tickets by using that code PROMO20. PROMO20, you get 20 more 20% more of those tickets. And again, this is a fantastic, fantastic Corvette, folks. This is a 2023 Z06. And then if you got a little extra money and you want to spend some money, you can always buy one of the Sprint Car Raffle uh, tickets as well. They're going to give you $25,000 as well with that car. This is a 2022 XXX chassis. It's a complete 410 race-ready sprint car. And this car, I don't know what it's worth, but it's worth a lot of money. And they're going to be giving it away on Friday, December 16th. That's this year they're going to be giving it away. Friday, December 16th. If you want to go online and buy you some Sprint Car Raffle tickets, you can go to SprintCarRaffle.com. That's SprintCarRaffle.com. And uh, purchase you some Sprint Car Raffle tickets. Uh, again, it's a complete race-ready 410 Sprint Car. So uh, if you'd like to do that, uh, again, they're going to be giving that away on December December 16th at uh, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. We can't thank those guys enough up there, Bob Baker and everybody that uh, helps us out here at Racing Boys. Uh, we can't thank them enough to do so. All right, Austin. Uh, that was a pretty good show. I thought that was pretty interesting, uh, pretty good conversation today, don't you think? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, not bad at all, really. All right, well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in as they do each and every uh, Wednesday. Uh, I could listen to the postman talk all day long. I look forward to his segment every week, Tammy says. So we want to thank you for uh, uh, tuning in on each and every day, Tammy, we know that you, you do so every day, and we can't uh, thank you enough for doing so. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. It's all been brought to you by Lucas Oil Products at Works. For Austin O'Neill, for my partner, Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Mostly Motorsports.
One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil. It works.